Welcome to the Trauma Healing for Postpartum Moms podcast. I'm your host, Danik Bernier, mom of two, social worker, and psychotherapist in Ontario, Canada. This podcast is for the busy postpartum mom who didn't get the birth experience she was promised and feels intense pressure to be the best mother, but the stress of the postpartum period is too much. I want you to know that you're not alone and you're in the right place if you want to learn why you don't trust your in-laws to babysit your baby, why your brain keeps showing you scary stuff from your past, and why you're so afraid of getting pregnant again. Becoming the mother you want to be truly is possible. While this episode does not replace psychotherapy and is not meant to give medical advice, I hope you learned something new about yourself and the art of trauma healing while caring for a baby. Let's head into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Trauma Healing for Postpartum Moms podcast. I'm your host, Danik Bernier, and today we will be talking about the link between childhood trauma and postpartum depression and anxiety. I will explain why there is a link to be made between what happened in childhood and what you are currently experiencing as a new mom, and will be giving examples of different types of trauma and how they can impact you in your postpartum period, and what it looks like to get your depression and anxiety symptoms under control once you've made the link with what happened to you. So first, I want to say thank you so much for tuning back in again after this short break that I've taken. Um, I'm really glad to hear that people have been enjoying this podcast so far and don't hesitate to come and say hi on Instagram at Denik Helps Moms. Um, the link is in the show notes for the Instagram profile. Um, I always love hearing what you think about what I put out there. So when we think about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, we often think about like a hormonal imbalance, right? Like it's this medical thing, very, very, you know, uh, physical, also mental. It happens right after you've had your baby or after the first six weeks, you know, if the baby blues are still there, then we can consider postpartum depression and anxiety. And we kind of, you know, stay on the surface. But what I've come to see in my therapy practice is that for many new moms, they're literally attempting to give their precious new baby what they never got. And so this can create major anxiety and depression symptoms in the postpartum period, but they're not necessarily linked to any hormonal imbalances or hormonal changes, right? They might just be linked to childhood trauma. And so, you know, the domain of childhood trauma is just something that we've, um, we're getting more and more research done in this domain. And what we've seen so far is that childhood trauma has a lot to do with how we present ourselves as adults in present day. And it can definitely have an impact on our postpartum period. And so what I see my clients go through is attempting to literally give what they didn't receive um, to their baby. You know, they're attempting to meet their needs. They're attempting co-regulation of emotions. And 
because they've never really had a proper example of that or they never really had the opportunity to practice that, their nervous system gets fired up and they become overwhelmed. This experience gets repeated on the daily and they end up meeting criteria for postpartum depression or anxiety. This sense of overwhelm, this sense of, I logically know what my baby wants. I logically know how to meet my baby's need. And when whatever I am attempting isn't working, I can't access my logical brain because my emotional brain is taking over and is telling me that whatever I'm doing must not work because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a good mom. And this can be linked to whatever you went through when you were possibly little, when you were either, you know, your needs were not being met, you did not get an opportunity for co-regulation with your parent. We often internalize that we are the problem. And so you're seeing your precious little baby crying and you're attempting to meet their needs and you're attempting to soothe them and it's not working. And because of your background, you might go into the spiral of, well, it's because I'm a bad mom. It's because I'm doing something wrong here. And so this internalization has a story to tell. And it's important to expose it so that we can understand it and treat the symptoms. So the symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety all have to do with specific themes Um, when we're talking about trauma, right? It's often around responsibility and safety. Moms feel like they're failing at those and they can become hopeless. And with hopelessness, that's a slippery slope for depression. So we know that practical help with chores is one of the most important ways that prevent and help with postpartum depression and anxiety symptoms, aka having a village. When you went through childhood trauma, there most likely is no village. If you have supportive friends who are willing to go out of their way to babysit or do house chores, then you do have privilege because even if your extended family members are not in a position where they can help out with practical support or where you're not in a position where you can let them into your life in that way. But having friends to rely on is definitely a privilege. And for many, there's just the friends are either in a season of life where they cannot give the type of support we need or they're non-existent. And our family cannot give us the support we need. And so when we don't have that, then the depression and anxiety symptoms can definitely worsen. So here I will talk about different types of traumas that can happen in childhood and that have an impact on our postpartum journey. And so For sure, at this point, if you're needing to take a break, if you're needing to skip, um, please feel free to do so. Um, I will be giving some examples. And so you definitely don't need to sit through those if those will not be um, supportive to your journey. Moms who have gone through neglect as a child will show up in early motherhood kind of like this. They can have a panic attack when they hear their baby cry. 
they're overstimulated easily, unsure of the right choices to make in a moment that seems urgent. And so this overwhelming sense can lead into a panic attack. They can have anxiety attacks when they're trying to soothe their baby, but they see that nothing's working. These same moms can be overcompensating by researching everything on the internet and aiming to be the perfect mother. Moms who have gone through neglect as a child can find themselves beating themselves up when they realize they did something that didn't necessarily help their baby, even though it didn't cause any harm. Like for example, tummy time, not knowing how soon to do it or how frequently and then thinking it must be because you didn't even care about your baby. Moms who have gone through sexual and physical abuse as a child can show up in early motherhood this way. There is likely that there's a lack of trust in people who are meaning to be supportive. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's okay to be in touch with your sense of who is trustworthy and who is not. But there's a good chance that those who are trustworthy, so for the moms who have gone through sexual and physical abuse, um, they might not sense that someone is trustworthy even though they are. Thinking about leaving baby with someone else, even close family members, is a no-no because you're being triggered to potentially what happened to you when you were being left with someone else. And there can also be a, a part of this where there's a traumatic birth experience. So birth trauma can happen even if, medically speaking, things went well. And for those who have a history of sexual and physical abuse, like I've mentioned in a previous episode, your body can connect with what happened to you on a physical level, and this can cause distress. And so there is a risk for birth trauma, for the birth to not have gone according to plan, for dissociation, or for extreme pain. There can also be intrusive thoughts about harming the baby that are highly distressing. Um, so either harm that is intentional or non-intentional, um, Definitely, if you are a survivor of sexual and physical abuse, your brain will want to connect with what happened to you. And so it might be a horror movie inside your brain where your brain might want to take you to very dark places about harm happening to your baby and potentially even you being the author of the harm against your baby. But know that these are only images inside your brain. They're not actually a plan. If you're thinking these thoughts, if your brain wants you to look at these images and then you find yourself thinking, oh my gosh, this is absolutely horrible. I will never do that to my baby. I am in such distress just looking at those images my brain wants to show me. That tells me that you're a very good mom. That tells me that you are a loving mom that has intrusive thoughts that are potentially linked to the trauma that you've went through. Uh, it does not tell me that you want to harm your child. So moms who have gone through financial trauma can show up in early motherhood like this. Um, they're either a penny pincher or a big spender. So it's either they can't buy anything other than branding clothes or um, to separate themselves from their poor upbringing or uh, they can't accept secondhand clothes 
or they can't bring themselves to spend money on themselves for self-care, but end up spending enormous amounts on baby, like it's no big deal, like there's no limit. Or there's also constant worry about a possible recession and constantly making mental lists of all the things you can cut out of your budget and just being kept on high alert and on hypervigilance mode. Um, so definitely these moms, um, what we see is, is that they're either super responsible with their money, logically speaking, and, you know, from an outsider's point of view, that's how it can be perceived. Or we can see them as being irresponsible because now they have money and they want to spend it because money holds this story that it is potentially dangerous. And so we want to spend it as quickly as possible so that we don't have to look at it because we don't know what to do with it. So when we look at financial trauma, we can almost say like, okay, like this is, some can say this is no big deal. Like, come on, just get a handle on it. But really there's no comparison in trauma. There's no comparison in what it does into our nervous system and how that trauma has been encoded in our body and our nervous system. If money is a stressor because it's linked to your story about your past, then it can definitely be a trauma and it definitely needs to be addressed because it will pop out into your postpartum journey. So moms who had important attachment figures like parents abandoned them in childhood can show up like this in motherhood they can refuse any help in babysitting because they have this impression that they are abandoning their baby. They can refuse any help around the house because it's as if they are abandoning their role and, of course, abandoning their baby. There can be anxious attachment around their baby, um, meaning, you know, a mom can be confident knowing that she loves her baby and her baby loves her logically, but emotionally speaking, subconsciously speaking, there can be some activation here. So for example, again, baby is crying and we're trying to soothe that baby and it's not working because I use that example because let's face it, it happens like 90% of the time probably. <laughs> we're trying something and it's not working the first time. Um, but for some of us, and for some of us with abandonment issues and abandonment trauma, um, we can feel some anxious attachment around our baby because we're like, okay, am I constantly abandoning, uh, abandoning my baby? Am I forming a um, trustworthy bond? Is my baby crying because my baby doesn't know when I will come back? So definitely something to look at and to consider. Um, again, they can be fused with their baby, um, not wanting anyone else to approach, um, not feeling confident or safe in other relationships and uh, letting their baby enter relationships with others because they feel like they need to be hyperprotective of their baby. The stress of the future and their baby becoming an adult and abandoning them um, and having intrusive thoughts about the future can definitely happen for those who have abandonment trauma. 
And so for the moms who had psychological or emotional abuse um, when growing up can show up in early motherhood with having difficulty holding boundaries or putting brick walls around their family um, so that they have this sense that they're protecting themselves and their family. Um, they may have very little confidence. So it can show up as anxiety. So like, for example, leaving the house with your baby to go to the store. You're just not sure if you're able to do this, if you're up to the challenge and different scenarios can come up in your mind because your confidence was just not built as you grew up. And so it's very difficult to give to your baby what you didn't go through, right? That confidence, that parent that is strong, supportive, emotionally speaking, that is able to accompany you through life's challenges and make you see that you can be a confident person. If that didn't happen, then things like going to the store alone with your baby, putting your baby in the car seat can be very triggering for you. They can gaslight themselves. Um, again, thinking I'm not up for the challenge. I can't do this on my own. What did I really think putting myself in this position? I'm going to invite you to think about whose voice is it that you're hearing in that moment. Something else to note for moms who've gone through psychological and emotional abuse growing up, there is a high risk that they will not voice their opinions and what they know is best for their baby. So they will go into despair and hopelessness because other people who have either stronger voices or who are wanting to have a say in how this baby is being brought up or who want to manipulate the situation, um, those moms can kind of fall into these people's agendas. And so it's really important to just notice that and to take that into consideration where we're, when we're seeking therapy because um, it will be important for these moms to notice how this has kind of come up into their lives and how today as a mom, they can be their baby's voice. But it is a process, again, attempting to give what we didn't receive. Next up, we have moms who have gone through religious trauma and how they show up in early motherhood. So just as a side note, um, when I wrote, you know, kind of my key points here for this episode, the documentary Shiny Happy People on Amazon Prime hadn't dropped yet. And now it did. And I binged the whole thing. It's an amazing documentary, super well done well-researched, well-written. I love that the survivors are at the center of the story and that their voices are amplified. So it's definitely a documentary that I recommend for anyone who wants to learn more about uh, religious trauma and how it can show up. Moms who have gone through religious trauma will show up in early motherhood, potentially with intrusive thoughts around all of the purity myths and around the doomsday horror stories that you were told growing up, they will definitely resurface. Emotional regulation is tough because almost no emotional validation was ever had 
if you've gone through religious trauma, the sense of obedience, um, just blind obedience, is something that you would have most likely encountered or most likely gone through. Um, The feeling of not knowing what to do and reconsidering everything you've ever told, you were ever told about raising a child. So you end up exhausted from researching everything on the internet. What I hear is literally moms have to um, just take everything in and they have to first realize that what they went through was traumatic. But then once that has happened, they realize that, okay, what I've always known about raising a baby is probably not what needs to happen and is probably not what is the healthiest for my child and I want different. So again, attempting to give what you didn't get. And you know that village that I was talking about? You know that if you would have stayed in that faith, in that religion, that you would have a village to fall back on most likely. And now that you've left, you can't ask your family and friends who are still in that religion to help. And so you're truly on your own. So now that we've touched on different types of trauma and how that can impact our um, motherhood, our motherhood in our postpartum period, I want to give you a look at what it can look like when you've healed from your trauma. You can have more patience. You are able to give and not expect anything in return. Of course, you don't logically expect anything in return from your baby. But it's like your nervous system craves validation and affection so bad that even a newborn without the developmental capacity to give you what you need has the potential to trigger you. The themes of responsibility and safety are still present but you know you have control over what you can do to protect your kids. You are able to create and hold boundaries even with your closest relatives. You are able to regulate your emotions. For the financial trauma survivors, your bank account will thank you for having stopped the impulsive shopping, most likely. My clients have not only been able to process their childhood stuff, birth experience and postpartum journey, they are also equipped to face future situations so that they don't have to sit in therapy every week for an hour for the rest of their lives. And that's truly the beauty of EMDR is that we are preparing you for what's ahead for what you can encounter. So the key points to keep in mind here are that one, your depression and anxiety symptoms most likely have a story to tell. They most likely didn't pop out of nowhere, and chances are there is more than an imbalance of hormones going on here. Two different types of trauma can have different types of consequences on you as a new mom. And three, you're not alone. EMDR therapy can help treat your postpartum depression and anxiety symptoms, whether they are linked to your childhood trauma or not. If you've enjoyed this episode, you will probably enjoy my Instagram content as well. Come say hi over on instagram at denik helps moms and i will see you in the next episode thank you for listening to this episode of the trauma healing for postpartum moms podcast i hope what was shared resonated with you and you're walking away feeling like you're not alone 
there is another side to the pain, the fear, and the confusion you're experiencing right now in early motherhood. Feeling happy, safe, and confident in your role is possible. This episode does not replace psychotherapy and is not meant to give medical advice. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and I'll see you soon.